0: All right. Good morning, everyone. It's good to have with me today. It's uh, it's a lovely day ish. Um, We're uh, we're we got hit with a small blast of winter, but many of my friends more north of us, uh, and definitely towards Buffalo, New York, they got nailed. So, (laughs) yikes! I used to live in Fort Erie, and uh, but to have sixty six inches of snow, oh my! All right. This morning. I'd like to continue in our conversation uh, about this journey of growing and unlearning. And last week, um, I started to talk about my, after re-listening to it, I realized it's about our attitude uh, of growing and unlearning. Um, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm triggered by a book that's come out and it's coming out, um, this book called uh, Out of the Embers, Faith After the Great Deconstruction by Brad Jerzak. If you uh, have watched our program or listened in on the podcasts at all. Um, by the way, this is this program's available, and so is my Sunday morning stuff, on almost every platform of podcasts. So look in the links below. They're all listed there. But this book, um, if you've ever questioned faith, and then I got scared because it got weird. Uh, oh no, you're going to lose everything. Um, this book is going to be amazing. Um, I've just started reading it. I got a pre-copy uh, uh, to kind of browse. And the usually I look at the index, and the index gives the sneak peek. I'm I'm surprised some people don't understand that. Like in my mind, like I used to work in a Christian bookstore, and so people would open a book and flip to part way through, and thinking why would you look partway through? There's nothing there to read that'll give you context. I go right to the index contents and okay, what's this book going to cover? What's this about? So um, this one's big. This one's long. It has a lot of categories and subcategories. And I think, uh, well, I'm going to have Brad on the show and we'll, we'll talk about it. But There's a number of uh, interviews with him on YouTube, so please do a search and go listen to them. Um, But I I think because we've had Brad on many times, uh, I want to hear his heart on this. And one thing I love about this book and his tone and how he's having a conversation about this, this is not about promoting a book. Do you know what I mean? There's some authors, they just, it's all about promotion, self-promotion. I don't get that sense from brad and he's not going to say no to people promoting stuff but i don't see him going crazy and and pushing it on people i don't know i that goes for anything you got a new event coming up it's fine to promote but there's the subtle line of over promote and self-promotion that um uh, i don't know i gotta have a hard time with that because i did it (laughs) and i didn't even know it it's so embarrassing. But uh, anyway, uh, today's, uh, today's we're going to continue the conversation because last time I talked about the tone, our, our gentleness approach to uh, individuals that are growing as well, and we hear somebody uh, wrestling with a certain topic. What's our attitude going to be? Are we going to correct them immediately? Are we going to put them in their place or say, no, that's terrible thinking? Or are we going to listen? And are we going to maybe empathi- empathize with them? Um, anyway, I, there's, there's a number of ways to look at this. And I want to kind of have a conversation with that today. I want to open up a document here that um, kind of got me going. Sandy, hey, are you back in the UK, Sandy? Um, she's watching from uh, visiting the States, I believe. And by the way, Sandy, did you get part of that snow? Because I think you weren't too far away from that. I don't know. Uh, anyway, that'll be good. So just give me one moment here. Um, oh yeah, and another rabbit trail because I do that another article that Brad wrote not too long ago, which i i 'm really pondering and really like it 's called why i don 't think i 'll claim to be Christian. I like that and and it may seem like at first glance, depending on your religious lens. Oh, no, you're denying the faith. No, no, no. Read the article. Read the article. Look it up. Why I don't think I'll claim to be Christian. And basically, it gets into, um, 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 let's not call ourselves that. Let's not claim, I claim this, I claim that. It, it's, the article points into this question of, well, ask people around me. Let my actions and behavior reveal whether I'm a Christian or not. If I, I don't have to claim it, I want to be able to live it. And I thought that was really, really, really good. So honestly, it's it's worth the conversation. All right, where we go. So on this past Sunday, um, if, if if you like good encouragement, this past sunday was pretty good oh you're there for thanksgiving cool thanks sandy um this past sunday's message uh at hope fellowship was i think pretty cool last sunday was really good too uh it's a it's a four-part series but the last two dealt with a topic that i have been passionate about my whole life and that is who am i in christ How does God see me? Because most of us get our concept of who God is wrong or incomplete. um, And we definitely get our concept of who we think we are and how God sees us. We usually get that wrong or really incomplete. And so I I thought, let's go to the manufacturer's uh, report and see what the manufacturer says about us. And as I was going through the list of how God sees us, it blew my mind. It reminded me that, hang on, our culture is built on self-loathing and, you know, put yourself down, you're not good enough. Uh, and then there's parts of our culture that are uh, only about just the good, the good, the good, the good. And they're almost joy boys that are unrealistic in their approach. And it's almost like, okay, you're, you're trying to make your, you're speaking so positive about yourself for the sake of positivity which has value, but when you overrun the base, it becomes la 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 la, I'm perfect, I'm wonderful I'm and and you don't your humility goes away because our human behaviors and actions and responses are not perfect because we're still growing and maturing. Our concept of our theology of who God is is constantly growing and changing, and i I think that's a really cool uh concept to consider so uh let's let's get into this there's there some pretty big topics and um we're going to have bill and uh, richard murray bill thrasher and richard murray back soon and we're going to talk about some of those those i think the f- big pitfalls of the church and if i can find their conversation they don't know i'm talking about this right now haha because they don't tune into the program live um, here we go the biggest blind spots in evangelical christianity And I think we're going to kind of cover that. And they wrote a number down, but I'm thinking I'm not going to say a number because I think the list is huge. And that's what kind of motivated me to this conversation today, um, to realize that, hang on, whoop, Uh uh-oh, what's going on? What is going on here? It looks like my uh, live stream is having a hard time, and that's not good, so... I'm hoping we're okay. Um, hm, give me one second. I hope it's okay. No, it seems fine. Okay, good. Phew, must have been one of my programs. Um, so here here's some of the stuff that kind of affects our our thinking of who God is. Number one, what we've been told. So where you where you heard about God or the higher power as some circles use that term. And don't be afraid of terms that um, sound different than your religious upbringing because you can get offended so fast. The fact that you're offended tells you something about how narrow the faith is that you, you've you been told about, all right? When your religion only points to loving certain people, and clearly you're one of those, <laughs> then your religion or faith uh, is incomplete and has much growing to do much more maturing to do. Um, you also need to look at your life circumstances, your personal lens. Like I, I grew up in a, um, a very religious family, German Baptist of all things, um, which I'm now thankful for, for my path, but it also gave me a very narrow perspective on, um, who God is supposed to be, and he only picks his favorites. Everyone else is out. We're in. But then I realized a lot of churches do that. We've got the gospel. We've got the good news. We're the real church. It's like, wow, the arrogance of it. And I mean it. It is brutal arrogance. If your church is saying that we're the only right one, then run. Just just run or at least begin to question everything, which is what this program's about. Questioning, growing, uh, not being satisfied with all this. I, I, um, I, Even though in my journey, there's been a pendulum swing of, um, I used to believe this and now I believe this. Um, I was suggested uh, by someone that I care about, don't say it like that anymore because it seems like you can't make up your mind. But that's not what's going on. I'm moving on from childish things. I'm moving on from uh, incomplete knowledge. Why do you think we have grades in our schools? Because you move on from foundations to the next level of foundations and so on and so on. If you don't complete those foundations, you got to repeat it, which I did. (laughs) I repeated grade two. It was terrible. Awful years. Um, But you had to get those foundations. And I have a hunch that in the church world, many of us were pushed through without even doing a test we were told what to believe and were never allowed to question it or wrestle with it to contemplate to think through um when i have conversations now with people about who i think god is or who they think god is my role is more to listen now and have a conversation instead of be the answer person and yeah i've been a pastor for 32 years i've been set up to be an answer person i gotta have all the answers for everybody in the church no i don't not anymore. It was never true to begin with. My job is to point people to, um, first of all, recognize there is a higher power. I believe his name's Jesus. <laughs> um, and Jesus is not as scary as we've been told. So it's got to be good news or it's not good news at all. Uh, that's, that's how I've been seeing it. There's a, a text from First John uh, I, I want to read to you. That has probably helped me the most in keeping my feet grounded, but also um, wisdom for all of us in how do I know I'm growing? When, don't you want to know that? Here's why I asked uh, or say the question. again, I've grown up in church for I'm 54. think I think I'm 54. I was born in 68. Um, I grew up in a church right from childhood. And I always looked up to the older folks, because we had to, and only the older folks who've been in church forever are the ones who we're supposed to listen to, and they're the ones who got on the church boards. They're the ones who made all the decisions for us lowly folks who can't think for ourselves, or we don't have enough experience, or we don't have enough maturity. And so there was a love of classes in the church, just like society. And some of the classes had to do with family classes. If you were the in-family in the church, then you were, you didn't, you you got to say and speak up. But if you were not part of that class, which my family was not, um, we were part of the lower tier in the church I grew up in because, well, mostly because my siblings and I, we got in trouble a lot. We were misunderstood, and all the troublemakers were pushed down to the lower class. We got our ears pulled. We got backs were head slapped, um, got in trouble a lot. But the in crowd, the upper tier, their family connections let them get away with whatever they wanted to do. But that also went for church decisions. And I know many, many people have been hurt, especially in the group that I was in. But the more I talk to people, the more I've learned over the last 30 two years of being a pastor my situation is not unique my church background is not a new or isolated thing it's a common one in our western world i thought that it would be the baptist thing but it's not pentecostal church i went to same legalism uh you name it and almost every single church in north america would have a small sliver of this if not a huge one um but I have bumped into people that they didn't hear legalism growing up. And what surprises me, oh my goodness, it would, it, it's those churches that I would have called liberal growing up. Oh, don't go there. They're too liberal. And now I'm realizing, dang, they had it more right than we did. They had less rules. They were more loving. They weren't told God was angry. But that was my message. So, again, if you're connecting with me, it's it's likely because you had that background or you've been around people that have that background. Um, but there are people who have not had that, and they've had good messaging. It's like, wow, what's that like? Because i got a lot of trauma I'm dealing with. <laughs> Church trauma. Oh, boy. Uh, David Hayward, he, he has some amazing cartoons on on church trauma and church judging and stuff a lot of it's poking fun but it's it's actually under the surface on the second look you go that's really real um but it starts off as humor um powerful message so this this journey of growing um first john 2 12 to 14 it says i'm writing to you who are god's children because your sins have been forgiven through jesus christ I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. And I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. Wow. Let's pause there for a moment. This idea of I'm writing to you who are God's children. That's pretty cool. But he does, he repeats speaking to the three groups. And I'll continue because I have to join them together in just a moment. It says, I have written to you who are God's children because you know the Father, and I've written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I've written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's word lives in your hearts, and you've won your battle with the evil one. So why, why is this one so important? Because, hey, good morning, Kay. Um, why is this so important? Because the beginning of this this child level, and the, and again, the reason I told you about those tears in the church, uh, T I E R S, um, is because many of those who are, were in leadership or older or been in church forever, or Sunday school teachers their entire life, or been on the church board for 30 years, 40 years, they think they've risen to the level of maturity. When we take a look at a text like this and we realize, wait a minute, God's children, if you don't understand this first level of maturity, then you could be thinking you're a mature Christian or a believer, and really you're still a child. And here's the giveaway. I'm writing to you who are God's children. It's talking about children needing to know who their parents are. Okay, this is about identity. Uh, and then it repeats later, I've written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. Do you know your lineage? Do you know where you come from? Um, I know people that are adopted that have had a very interesting hunger to know their roots, their heritage. Um, But this particular one here, I'm writing to you are God's children. There's something going on here that, well, honestly, if you think you're mature and you haven't got this concept of knowing who you are in Christ and all that God sees and says about you, you're still a child this This is the child level, and it's important sometimes we think it's too childish when really it's the foundations uh, i I believe I am a child of god i i I understand the child level I'm there still at some places I really am I see all through I see all three of these functioning in my life. they're not arrivals, which is what our culture tells us they are they're not they're they're fluid because we're opened up to different topics and we're a child in this theology but we are mature in how we love others but that's the love of God working in us without us even knowing it so all this can happen all at once then it says I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning and he says that twice from the beginning what do you mean Ha! this this has to do with our union this has to do with from the foundations of the world. This has to do with um, uh, the Trinity and we're being in. This, this is huge. This is not a separation issue. Then, of course, it says I'm writing to a young in the faith because, hey, good morning, Terry. Uh, this this next one says, I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you've won your battle with the evil one. Well, guess what? Um, it, it says later on, you're strong, God's word lives in you and you've won your battle with the evil one. Who has really won their battle with the evil one? Well, p- part of this has to do with, okay, uh, knowing you're a child of God, knowing you, your real identity is not evil. Many people think they got two of them in them. That part of them, they got a good angel, bad angel. You don't. That we are spirit beings and i know people who are do not profess to be a christian they got more god living out of them than half the church people i know it's just true one looks really religious and the other one looks like an authentic human and they don't have the religious overtones some of us gotta lose our religious language or dictionary because it's just weird it's only for one culture it really is or they take their religious culture language and bring it into the non-religious culture and think they're being, you know, they're rising above or elite, which is really what they're doing when they're using code words. So we got to stop doing that. That That's that's child level. But this idea of child, young, adult, and mature. We're called to be mature. And I have a hunch the greatest... Um, evidence of mature is the amount of judgment that comes out of a person so less judgment and how much love comes out of them just others centered agape agape is the the greek word for love that deals with only centered on others never self-seeking um that definition comes um, is best described in uh hey Gerardo holy smokes buddy Gerardo Sobrianos in Mexico so good to see you buddy I love it um so this definition of love is best described in first corinthians 13 love is patient love is kind you remember that one that's about agape agape is kind agape is patient agape is uh never uh, uh, remembers our wrong like this is actually god god does not keep a record of our wrongs so why do we Do you see where all this maturing comes? So over the years, I've had to unlearn so many things. And I think one of my biggest categories, first of all, was forgiveness. Um, Forgiveness, being forgiven was a foreign concept. I thought it was up to me to stay forgiven. And uh, I had a long list and I kept begging for forgiveness over and over again. That was one of mine. But that's just it. Uh, that was my understanding of what I believed. And I was taught by well-intentioned people. Um, I could dwell on it and be angry with them and say they're jerks, have nothing to do with them. But that's not loving at all. Um, There's some people I won't have anything to do with because they're toxic. I, I, I just blocked somebody last week because um, they were triggering uh, stuff that I said, I don't want to deal with that. You don't get to message me or post on my try to post on my page that the the stuff that I want nothing to do with. But if I engage, then I'll sound like a jerk. I don't want to do that. So you know what? It's my page. I just block them. I want nothing to do with that old system of of um, really it's it's legalism. It's it's a system of religion that is about control and power, and that's what we're moving away from um yeah that's my hope when i do the still growing grace this is about growing deeper what are some other categories or topics that come up that um um uh are questionable well i know growing up there's two big ones um there was the topic of hell you know what is it is it real uh oh no i don't want to go there so Uh, I had to pray the prayer a lot, so I made sure, just make sure I wasn't going to hell. Um, But I had a very narrow understanding of what this topic of hell was. And it wasn't until I began to explore uh, the history of it, and the early church fathers, and how other longer-running faith groups have been processing this topic. It was like, Oh my goodness. How come I own? I was only served a small sliver of this and it became the whole pie. In fact, the motivation for the whole pie of religion, <laughs> but what triggered the deeper dive and you'll, you, you might like this uh, was this topic of end times. <laughs> have you ever heard of end times? Um, it, it refers to this concept that Jesus is coming back and the world's going to get worse, and he's there's a whole bunch of bad things going to happen on earth, and it's all spelled out in secret mode in the Bible. Um, and only really smart people get to figure it out and tell you how those charts work. And uh, I just believed it because I didn't question it. But it, 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 when I found out about I'd say 10 years ago, it was about 10 years ago that it woke up. Now, now let me back up about. Almost 20 years ago, I read a book um, that triggered hope on that topic of, oh no, um, the world's gonna get worse, the world's gonna get destroyed, and it flipped it on its side. And I never went back to it, but it was on the back burner. Fast forward 10 years ago, I went to visit a friend in British Columbia, and he sat me down in front of a, a video that he said, I want you to watch this. And I was a guest, so I had to. Um, and I got sucked in and it connected to what I watched 20 years ago. It's like, oh my goodness. Which then spiraled me into a deep dive and realizing, wait a minute. What I've been told about in times is definitely incomplete. It is not how the early church saw this. Um, And the Western church is really, really pushing the envelope here. Uh, It's on the conspiracy theory line. It, It really borders on that. And by the way, I have a hunch, I shouldn't say this. Okay, I won't. Um, um anyway, that thinking comes from that. And so uh when I undid the unlearning of end times, uh by the way, I taught this in 2013, so you can go on to my YouTube channel and look up a more hope-filled perspective on end times. There's some really good messages there uh that was very raw and real. Um, but I don't think it means what we think it means at all. Which then led me to realize, wait a minute, hell is another topic I get to undo. Then the church has this topic called Penal Substitution Atonement Theory. It, it's, it has to do with the reasons why Jesus came to die. And there are many different categories. So like These are things I've had to unlearn. These are topics that I had to question. I'm still wrestling through it. Not wrestling so much, but I'm on a trajectory now that is dragging me into a more hope-filled lens. And I don't ever want to stop. To me, I'm getting dragged. I'm not pursuing it and it's been fun uh who i've been bumping into different teachers leaders uh individuals people who are not teachers and just hearing those stories oh my goodness god told you that or uh the holy spirit or trinity revealed this to you or the spirit in you revealed a really cool truth that i've been pondering to what told you to <laughs> that's pretty cool god's character man, God's been getting a bad rap over the years that God's angry and he's really ticked off and you better smarten up and you better go to church. You better, (coughs) you better give and you better blah, blah, blah. And all these, these fear tactics take away the word fear. Not even the word, but take away the concept out of those arguments. And there's very few arguments left. Suddenly God does become love folks. If I were to sum this up today, I'd say, pursue an understanding of God's love that God is love. just pursue that if you don't know where to start. look for it. you're going to find it in non-religious writings you're going to find it in some religious writings um, but it's there and when you begin to look for it, oh my goodness, whatever you look for, you will find funny how that works <laughs> I'm looking for a more hope-filled lens and if it doesn't give me hope i dismiss it because i believe god's big enough to get my attention and guide me and direct me even if i flip-flop into something kind of weird for a few minutes it's fine god's got me i don't have to worry about being led astray as some religious folks will do because that's a threat again oh be careful that person don't listen to that one by the way when people are saying Yeah, Kay Fairchild says, knowing Father is love changes everything. And that's exactly it. That's what I've been saying the last number of weeks here at Hope Fellowship on Sunday mornings. This is about God is love. Everything. Because if it don't look like love, it ain't love. And if it don't look like love, it ain't God. Period. And if a person comes at you and they don't look like the love of God, they ain't coming from the love of God. They're coming from an ego. That's it. Easy. Easy it's not rocket science anymore. <laughs> oh, but they mean, well, well that's nice. It's got to be loving. And unfortunately we can have bad days. <laughs> that's why relationships matter so that your demeanor of how you live, how it's displayed, the consistency of it matters. I, I know as a, when your job is talking, you get in trouble for what you say it's just it happens but my my hope is that those who listen have listened to what i've taught for the last 32 years there's a consistency there that's my hope and if i go off of consistency then forgive me and be kind and gentle to me don't publicly humiliate me that's not going to go very well for my soul i I'm a tender person. I really am very sensitive, much more sensitive than you think. By the way, the idea of genders being more sensitive than others. Nah, not a, not a chance. We are all equally hypersensitive. All of us. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to wrap this up because, uh, it's time. And, uh, I look forward to more conversations and diving deeper into some of these things that need to be questioned. If you have a topic that is dear to you that you really are trying to figure out, um, send me a message on Facebook um, or email me. The emails are below um, and we'll see if we can get to some of them. I may have covered them already. So if you look down to the YouTube links of Still Growing Grace, there's 151 different videos of some incredible conversations. There are some other teachers who are far better at some of these conversations. I'm only bringing a lens, a Canadian lens, on some of these topics. And by the way, my lens is also more pastoral because I want people to gently see and hear. There are ministries where the people are not pastors, so to speak, as in pastoring a church, um, and they get to just shoot from the hip and say whatever they want. But when you have people in front of you processing things, there's a different sense of gentleness you're you're seeing the eyes of people you want them to get it when you sense they're not quite getting it you continue on a little slower okay fairchild's watching right now but she speaks to a group of people too and it's different having people in front of you than just a video screen recording it really is and so in fact i had one person say so why why meet together why get together why can't we just watch online and um There's something I can't explain. And yes, I've gotten comfortable with not gathering. When we had to go back to in person, (laughs) I was kind of sad. Oh, man, I like this sitting at the computer and chatting. It's so much easier. And that's just it. It is easier. But we are created hardwired as relational beings. Some are not as relational. Some are more relational. Fine. I'm not getting into all that but there's something about the presence of others because Christ in them will minister to Christ in you and vice versa you can't explain it it is mystical and that's that's an encouragement trip not a guilt trip so go for coffee with someone else go join a group like i don't know not everybody's into church i get that but we are into connecting so find your ways to connect all right i'm going to run it is uh it's i got a busy week uh i might yeah lots going on so thank you for taking time to jump in and again look forward to your comments and your messages about topics and such uh if you've enjoyed this program consider supporting it you know this this is uh I, i value those responses as well you guys have a great day and we will catch you next time on still growing in grace after all none of us have arrived